Welcome to the Kawita Assembly Youth Podcast. Our goal is to equip you to take on the most revolutionary mission known to man. We hope these messages encourage you and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Please like, share, and subscribe. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. And now, this week's message from Pastor Matt. All right, so as you can see, we are starting a new series called Origins. And so you, what you would imagine that we'd be talking about is like the beginning of something. And in a way, we are. But let me tell you, it's not the beginning of the universe. It's not the beginning of the Bible. It's going to be something that you'll see in a second. So Jesus is the answer to everything. Any question, any problem you face in life, Jesus is the answer. And so I'm so excited that we're starting a new series going over the life of Jesus through the Gospel of John. And so in the Gospel of John, John, he uses a lot of imagery. He talks a lot about light and darkness. He talks about life and death. He talks a lot about truth and and what is reality. And he uses a lot of funny language to describe it. And so we're going to be going into a lot of that. And so in the Gospel of John, he has a lot of deep and important theological truths. And he writes them in ways that are easy for us to understand using different words. So, John, he answers the major questions that we have in life. He answers the questions we have in life about purpose, about meaning. He uses the story of Jesus, and he uses words like light, darkness, water, life, and so on. So, the series tonight is called Origins. The definition of an origin is the beginning of something. It's the point at which something begins or rises or from which it derives. It's the beginning point. It's the point of which everything else comes into existence. It's it's the beginning. And so that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And so in the very first part of the book of John, he takes us to the origin of all creation. And so I'm going to read through this, and then I'm going to backtrack, and I'm going to explain everything that I'm about to read, all right? So John chapter 1, it says... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not one thing was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives life, gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from him all fullness of all the re- have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. 
he has made him known. So I know that was a lot right there, but I'm going to go back and it's all going to make sense. So in the beginning it says, what the word, and that's kind of a weird way to phrase this. What does John mean whenever he's talking about word? First, let's, the word was in the, existed in the very beginning. Before anything was ever created, the word, whatever John means there, it was already before all those things. It existed in the beginning. The word was also with God. So there, you have the word and you have God in the beginning. And this is the word was actually God. It existed in the beginning with God. And, created, and God created everything by the word. It gives life to everything that was created. The word is the thing that gives life. And the Bible also says that the word brings light. The light shines in the darkness, and it is not overcome. So those two things right there are very important. The word, it gives life, and the life gives light to everyone. So my question whenever I'm reading this is, who is this, and why is it important? Who is the word? Who was John talking about who was in the beginning, who existed before God, who God, who through, through this person created everything? The word of God that, is, that John is talking about is Jesus. So instead of taking the normal route, usually whenever you read the Gospels, the very first story, it's about how Jesus was born in the manger. It's the Christmas story, right? John, he says, no, I'm going to forget all that. We don't need to go there. You guys heard that story three times already. Here is something new. And he talks about Jesus coming and existing before the beginning of everything. John says this is more important than hearing about that because through Jesus, everything was created. And through Jesus, Everything has life and light. So it says the word is God. And then it says God becomes human. And this is a very important theological truth that everything that we believe as Christians goes back to this point. That Jesus is God and he became human. The, the word, I'm not going to explain this too much, is a word called incarnation. And it's the word that just describes how God became flesh. And so whenever we understand that, whenever we hear that, why did God have to become flesh? So Jesus, he was in the word. Jesus existed in the beginning. Jesus was with God. Jesus was God. And Jesus created everything we see. And he created everything that we don't see. And it's hard to understand, but this is something that's so solid to the foundation. It's so important is that Jesus, he was 100% God. And Jesus was also 100% human. And this is very important for us to understand who Jesus is and why it matters. So Jesus, he was not, he wasn't just God who looked and sounded like a human. He wasn't just God who came in like God mode. But he also wasn't just a human who had no God qualities. So why, so whenever I hear this story, whenever I study this, whenever I hear the Christmas story, why did God have to become a human? We think about that, like why did Jesus have to become a human in order to save us? Why did Jesus have to become a human? Why couldn't he just do everything he did from heaven? Why did he have to become a human? And the reason is, there's three, two, three reasons. The first is that it shows that God is close to us. God, he is not far off. God is not in heaven, just twiddling his thumbs far away. And there's other religions, they think that God, he just created everything, and then he just went away. It's like almost like he created a clock, and it just spins, and it just, it's off, and it's just doing its own thing. That is not how God created the universe. God created the universe because he wanted to show his love and his compassion. And God, he is close to us. 
So that is the first reason why God became human, to show how close he was, that he wanted to be a part of our lives. And so there's a lie going around that God, he's far off, that he doesn't care about any one of us, that God, he, he doesn't care what's going on in our life. But God showed us through Jesus becoming human that God is close and that he wants to be a part of everything that's going on in our lives. The second is it shows that Jesus, he knows what it means to be one of us. He knows what it feels like to be human. So whenever we pray, whenever we're asking God forgiveness, we, we think that God, he doesn't understand what it means to be one of us. Like, God, you don't understand what it feels like to have temptation, to want to do the bad thing, to want to go off and go the wrong direction. But the Bible says that Jesus knows exactly what we're going through, that he knows exactly how we feel and what we're going through. Whenever we experience emotion, Jesus has experienced every emotion that we've ever felt. Jesus has felt that gladness. He's felt that joy. He's felt peace. But Jesus has also felt emotion of, of sadness and grief. One of the shortest verses in the Bible. If you ever want to have a trivia fact just to throw in your pocket, is what is the shortest Bible verse? And it's John eleven thirty five, and it just says, Jesus wept. And it shows that Jesus really was part of humanity. He knew, he knew in that situation that uh, that, that, that everything was going to be okay, but he still chose to weep with everyone around him. Jesus, he became human, and he knows how we feel. The Bible also says that he experienced every temptation that we have ever felt, and he was tempted in every single way, and yet he never sinned. He knows what it feels like to be tempted by all the things that tempt us every single day. And so whenever we feel like we can't go to God with those things, when we can't bring that to God and ask him to help us, we can because he knows what we're going through. He knows what we're feeling, and he wants us to come close to him. That is why he became human. The third reason is because it is the only way that we can be made right with God. The only way that we can have that salvation, the only way that we can get into that life that God has for us, to get into that eternal life and spend eternity in heaven, is because Jesus chose to become a human being just like us. He chose to become flesh just like me and you. And it, it's kind of hard to wrap our, our mind around it because that happened 2,000 years ago. And so one of the questions I ask is, what does a Jewish carpenter 2,000 years ago dying on a Roman cross have to do with me getting into heaven? Like, what does it have to do with me in 2020? And it's because Jesus wasn't just a regular person who died. He was God who came and died the death that we all deserve. So there's a term that it's called substitutional atonement. Don't worry, there's not going to be a test on that. But it means that, that, that Jesus, he substituted himself for the punishment that we all deserve for sin. So Romans 3.23 says, For everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and fallen short. And then in Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is the eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Every time we sin, I've said this a million times, but it makes sense because every time we sin, we earn death. Sin has consequences that far outweigh anything that we could ever pay back. Every time that we sin, we have it in our nature, we earn eternal death, and there's nothing that we could ever do to pay that debt. There's nothing we could ever do to earn that salvation. And so it takes a perfect human being, it takes a perfect human to live the way that God calls them to live. 
to live that perfectness in, in order to satisfy the God's justice. And so when Jesus became a human, when God became a human being like us, that is what made, that is what satisfied the holy, right, and just payment that God requires. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For God made Christ, who had never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Because in the Old Testament, in, like I said, death was always required in order to pay for sin. And so in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they had to sacrifice animals every time they sinned in order to be made right with God, in order to get into the presence of God. And Jesus, he did that for us once and for all. So we don't have to do that again. Instead, we just have to accept Jesus and his payment that he, that he paid for sin. It covers us. Instead, when God looks down, he sees Jesus' perfectness. He doesn't see all of our sin and all of our messes. Colossians 3, or 1, 13, it says, He rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and He transferred us to the kingdom of the Son whom He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Why did Jesus have to become human? It's because in a real way, think about it almost like a movie, a video game. There, we are captive to a dark kingdom. We're ca- captive to an evil way that is that the only way it leads to death. And it's, it's like Jesus riding in on, uh, on a white horse, leading us out of that darkness into his kingdom. A kingdom that can never be destroyed. A kingdom that can never be conquered. And a kingdom that is perfect and good and, and, and peace and joy and everything. Imagine Imagine it like that, that God is pulling us from darkness and he's pulling us into light. That is what Jesus did whenever he died on that cross, whenever he became human. And it was only possible whenever he became one of us. So if the worship team would go ahead and come back. What does this have to do with me? It's because of that sacrifice. It's because the fact that God became human. We can now have the life that we are longing for. In verses 4 and 5, we'll go back to that real quick. It says, in him, so this is talking about Jesus. We know that now. In Jesus, we have life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It doesn't matter what is going on in the world. It doesn't matter how dark everything seems because the light of Jesus overcomes the darkness. The light of Jesus overcomes any darkness that is out there. It says in that, in that light, it, it is because of the life that is inside of them. So Jesus, he gives us life and that is the light. And then going on in verse 9, it says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And then this is a verse I didn't put on the screen, but it's talking about how Jesus, he came into the world as light. The world that he created, he created the human beings, he created the earth, and it says the world did not believe him. The world rejected him. The people he created rejected him, and that broke God's heart. But verse 12 and 13, it says, But to all who did receive Jesus... All who believed in his name, he gave right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, not of will, not of the flesh of, of the will of man, but of God. Whenever we believe in Jesus' name, of course, we have that life. 
course, we have that light. He pulls us out of darkness and into light. But he also gives us the right to be called the children of God. He gives us right to be pulled into his family. A family that is never broken. A family that is always accepting. A family that is always going to be there for you. That is the family of God. And he says, we have the right to become children of God. It's another word about adoption. Whenever we give our life to Jesus, there's so many different analogies, but as if he's adopting us into his family. He's pulling us in, and we are now his children. He has rescued us from that dominion of darkness. He has transferred us into the kingdom of his son. And in Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And so this message, it's called Origin, not because it's talking about the origin of the universe, even though it does, because it's talking about how Jesus created everything. And not because it's about the origin of Jesus' ministry on earth, even though it is, because this is how Jesus started his ministry on earth. It's not called origin because it's talking about the origin of Christianity, even though it is, because Jesus started Christianity. But it's called origin because it's the origin of your relationship with God. It's the beginning of your membership into a new family, the beginning of your new life. That is why this is called origin, because this is what you decide about Jesus impacts the, where you, the path that you'll take in life. The verse says that he came into the world that he created and the world did not know him and the world did not receive him. But those who receive him have the right to be called children of God. So the, what you choose to do with Jesus, what you choose to do with this word that became flesh impacts the path that you'll take. It's the origin. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've had that origin with God, if you had that beginning of a relationship, but you kind of feel like it's kind of fallen away, you kind of feel like it, it's, it's, it's done away with, it, it is falling apart a little bit, you don't feel as close as you have with God, but you have said that prayer, I want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Okay, I see hands. I, I, I see those hands, I see. All right. The second, second call. If you've never gave your life to Jesus. You never chose what you're going to do with Jesus. You never accepted that life. You never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Raise your hand if you want to do that tonight. You want to start that relationship with God tonight. Amen. I see those hands. Okay, everyone can look at, at me again. If you raise your hands the first time, you've given your life to God, but you don't feel like that relationship is as strong, know this that the relationship, even though you don't feel it as strong, as long as you want it to be there, it will be there. You can run a thousand miles away from God and you don't have to run a thousand miles to get back because God, he's always pursuing you. He's always right after you. All you have to do is turn around and God is right there. Run a million miles the other direction. You're never gonna outrun God because God is always gonna be right there. As soon as you want to turn back to God, he is gonna be there to love you and accept you, to forgive you and call you back into the kingdom, to call you back into the family. And so if that relationship, if you left it, just turn back to God. Because God is going to be there and he's going to love you and accept it for you. If you've never given your heart to God, and I saw a couple of your hands raised for that, 
you feel like you've been running from God forever, it's the same thing. God, he's always going to be right there behind you. He's always going to be there chasing after pursuit. All you have to do is turn around, repent, and turn around and accept God into your life as your Lord and Savior. And it says that is, God is always going to be there to forgive you. Jesus, he gives life. And that life is the light of men. We have the right to become the children of God. So if you raise your hand for any one of those, I want you to go ahead and come up here to the altar. I want you to find a place just to pray, whether it's on the side, whether it's right here in the front, and, and, and dedicate your life.